Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. For this week's episode, I'll be doing something a little different. I'll be contrasting two poems, one by Longfellow and the other by the great British Romantic poet William Wordsworth. For a contrast between two poems, or two anythings, to be meaningful, there must also be similarity. There's no point in contrasting a raspberry with a pencil. The contrast between a raspberry and a blackberry, though, can tell us something significant about each. The two poems I'll be contrasting today are in fact quite similar. Each is rather short, each was written in English in the 19th century, and each presents a vision of a figure of Greek mythology rising from the sea. Those of you who know William Wordsworth's poetry may already guess that the Wordsworth poem, which I'll be reading first, is his well-known sonnet, The World is Too Much With Us, with its image of the Greek god Proteus rising from the sea. The Longfellow poem I'll be contrasting, Chrysor, is considerably less well-known, but is a poem that has come to have, for me, both more beauty and more meaning. In The World is Too Much With Us, published in 1807, Wordsworth addresses our estrangement from nature. The world of the opening line isn't the natural world, but rather the modern world, the world, as he puts it, of getting and spending, the world of the clock. That Wordsworth not only recognized our modern world so early, but also diagnosed its central illness, is part of what made him the great poet that he is, for part of the poet's responsibility is to know the new news first. For the benefits of our modern world, Wordsworth declares, we have given our hearts away for a squalid gain that also impoverishes us. Better, he says, that we were still pagans, if then we could live in a world where the divine is manifest to us as it once was. Let's listen. The World is Too Much With Us by William Wordsworth The world is too much with us. Late and soon, getting and spending, we lay waste our powers. Little we see in nature that is ours. We have given our hearts away, a sordid boon. The sea that bears her bosom to the moon, the winds that will be howling at all hours, and are upgathered now like sleeping flowers. For this, for everything, we are out of tune. It moves us not. Great God, I'd rather be a pagan suckled in a creed outworn. So might I, standing on this pleasant lee, have glimpses that would make me less forlorn, have sight of Proteus rising from the sea, or hear old Triton blow his reeded horn. Wordsworth longs for glimpses of the natural world of an earlier time that would make him feel less forlorn in our modern world of getting and spending. Forlorn is a key word of the romantic sensibility that found early expression in Wordsworth, decrying the irrevocable loss of nature that he and his fellow romantics felt. 
Yet this might have been, as so much was in romantic poetry, an exaggerated feeling. In Chrysor, written only 40 years later, Longfellow returns to the theme of the world is too much with us, and practically the same image even, in what may at first seem simply a weak imitation. But as I've matured, I've come to dwell more in Chrysor than in Wordsworth's famous sonnet. Both poets look out over the ocean, and both envisage a figure from Greek mythology rising from it. In Wordsworth's case, the minor sea god Proteus, whose ability to change shape gives us the word Protean. For Longfellow, it's Chrysor, born full-grown from Medusa when she was killed by Perseus, holding in his hands a golden sword. He marries the sea nymph Calero, and together they have a child, the three-bodied giant Geryon. Longfellow uses the old-fashioned word falchion to refer to Chrysor's golden sword. With that background, let's listen to Chrysor, both for the beauty of the poem itself and its difference. Chrysor by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Just above yon sandy bar, as the day grows fainter and dimmer, lonely and lovely, a single star lights the air with a dusky glimmer. Into the ocean, faint and far, falls the trail of its golden splendor, and the gleam of that single star is ever refulgent, soft and tender. Chrysor, rising out of the sea, showed thus glorious and thus emulous, leaving the arms of Calero forever tender, soft and tremulous. Thus o'er the ocean, faint and far, trailed the gleam of his falchion brightly. Is it a god, or is it a star, that entranced I gaze on nightly? This is a tender, beautiful poem, but there isn't anything forlorn about it. Why not? Well, I think the difference begins in a different understanding of what it means to see such deities as Proteus and Chrysor. In Homer's Odyssey, Menelaus not only sees Proteus, he wrestles with him as Proteus changes shape from a lion to a serpent, to a leopard, to a boar, to a tree, even to water. But Homer's readers didn't see Proteus in this way. They saw Proteus in the ever-changing yet constant ocean. They heard Triton's horn in the sea wind. There is nothing in the world of getting and spending that denied this seeing to Wordsworth. The world of getting and spending takes us away from nature much of the time, but this isn't Wordsworth's situation as he's gazing at the sea. Longfellow, a poet staying at a house on the ocean, may be more free of the world of getting and spending than most of us can afford to be, but only those in prison or otherwise confined are completely removed from all access to nature. And when we are in nature, or just looking upon it, we can see as anyone ever has seen if we choose. The gleam of a star might be just that, and beautiful it is, but it might also be Chrysor with his gleaming sword of gold rising from the arms of the sea nymph Calero. 
Let's listen to Longfellow's Chrysler again. Chrysler by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Just above yon sandy bar, as the day grows fainter and dimmer, lonely and lovely, a single star lights the air with its dusky glimmer. Into the ocean, faint and far, falls the trail of its golden splendor, and the gleam of that single star is ever refulgent, soft and tender. Chrysor, rising out of the sea, showed thus glorious and thus emulous, leaving the arms of Calero forever tender, soft and tremulous. Thus o'er the ocean faint and far trailed the gleam of his falchion brightly. Is it a god or is it a star that entranced I gaze on nightly? The world requires a great deal from us, though perhaps not as much as we give it, but it doesn't dictate who we are or what we can be or even what we can see. Who you are and what you see when you look upon the world is up to you, whatever condition the world fairly or unfairly imposes upon you, though sometimes we need a poet to remind us of that. I hope you enjoyed Chrysler and that you'll join me again next week for another episode of Fireside Poems. If you think others might enjoy Fireside Poems, please let them know about it through your social media so that they might join you and me each week by the Fireside.